podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. This week's episode of the 5-Year Plan Podcast is sponsored by Beer52. It's the final week of the transfer window, so are Palace's scout traversing the globe, finding the finest football talent out there and bringing it home? No, of course they're not. But you know who is? Beer 52. They travel the world to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer, bring them home, package them up and deliver them right to your door. And they have a special offer just for FYP listeners. This is the second time that we've been sponsored by Beer 52. We had great feedback last time they sponsored us. And like Palace and Steve Koppel, we just couldn't pass up the opportunity again when offered. And like before, Beer 52 are offering FYP listeners 10 free beers. That's two more than the eight they normally offer. Visit beer52.com forward slash FYP, enter your details, and they will send you 10 free beers. All you have to do is pay the $4.95 postage, which is about the same that we paid for Vincente Guaita. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand. Basically, all the regions that Palace don't have scouts in. And many more, but they are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. Each month, they select eight delicious, painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the globe. I mean, that's basically more effort than Roy puts into substitutions. Now, by taking up this offer, you are signing up to a monthly plan, but the beauty of Beer 52 is that just like Palace fans during that home game against Southampton recently, you can leave at any time. And unlike Roy's system, you can change yours at any time. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. It's as easy as that. And Beer 52 will chuck in a copy of the award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment, which explains the themes and individual beers. Plus, you'll receive a snack thrown in. Who needs the Porsons? I'm kidding. Please don't bar me, Graham. So, to get your 10 free beers, just go to beer52.com forward slash FYP. That's the word beer, then the numbers 52.com. Right, on with the podcast. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hard three one nine, motoring along, racking up those numbers. I'm Jim Daly. Joining me this week, I've got Chloe Petzers here. Hello, thanks for having me. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. Great to have you back. Yeah, always a pleasure. I always have a lovely time here. Lovely. Uh, James Endicott is here. Hello, how are you, JD? I'm very good. How are you? Marvelous. Very good, actually. Yes, yes. Um, Yes, actually, I've got nothing to say apart from yes. Good, okay. And joining us, it's a massive happy birthday. A happy 50th birthday to the one and only Mr. Adam Sills. Thank you. Thank you. Very old. Thank you for... To all our listeners for their kind messages yesterday, there were hundreds and hundreds of them. But uh, did you get up to anything special? I walked the dog last night around the park. That was about it. It's life in the fast lane. Do you know what it is? But, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. I yep. tried to. Uh, no, yesterday wasn't easy to do anything. There were so many people. There were things coming to the door several times during the day. Cakes oh, and presents and lovely, all sorts of stuff. So it was a nice day. Good stuff. Um, are you ready for a iTunes review? Oh, yes, please. Oh, it it's a good one. This one's from... Is, ba- it, a fi- is it a five-star? Yes, it is a five-star. Marvellous. It's from <laughs> Bay Glazier, Ooh. and they say, A Thousand Corners Turned Already. That's the title of their review. Excellent. I saw my first Palace game, Mill Away, one all in 1963, good but only that. discovered the FYP podcast five years ago. Yeah, we've not, not been going as long as that. <laughs> <laughs> as a Croydon expat living in enemy, te- enemy territory... Sussex. Ooh. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's always a brilliant listen. Keep up the good work, guys. Bay Glazier. What, what, what a nice review. Excellent. That's a lovely review. A really nice review. Yeah. Uh, so if you can leave us a review, uh, five stars. I mean, how many stars do you want? But obviously... As many as we can get, mate. Gets preferred. Um, that'd be lovely. Now, uh, I forgot to mention this last week. Jesse saved me. But this weekend, the new issue of FYP is available. Whoa, really? Issue 54. Wow. Yeah. Tom Maslona at work, is he? Tom Maslona, <laughs> our editor at large. Editor at large? That's not, that's not a thing. Um, let me tell you what's in it. We've got an interview with Tony Popovich. Oh, oh, love Tony. What a legend. Yeah, a real big legend. What an absolute legend. Uh, there's articles about the style of play. That's obviously something we never talk about on this podcast. Um, <laughs> a feature from Palace supporters around the world, including Hungary's number one fan. Oh, of course. I've already read it. He sent me a message yesterday, actually. Bless him. I read his article. It's very good. Um, and there's loads more. It's on sale from top and bottom of the Homestale and at the Tennyson Road end of Park Road, available for £2 uh, before the game against Sheffield United. So make sure you get a copy of that. Are you ready for a shout-out for one of our patrons? Yes, please. Yeah. Who little... is the lucky patron? Drum roll. Oh, drum roll. It's Mr. Luke Tyrrell. Hey, Get in. Yes, one, Luke. And I think Luke actually was at our live podcast. <laughs> oh. I think he actually asked a question as well. So, uh, top man Luke. Was that one that Rob was holding the mic for? Yeah, <laughs> and then took Rob half an hour to ask his question. <laughs> um, uh, you can join our patron at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. That's the admin done. All nice. over. That was okay. very quick, actually, today. It wasn't bad, actually. Quite smooth as well, JD. I thought there'd be more. Um, so, in part one, this is our transfer special podcast, because Ooh. there is 72 hours, roughly, um, until the transfer window closes. Chloe. Yeah, there's so much more. There's so much to talk about, isn't there? All yeah, the we, action that's been going no. on. Oh, it's been God. amazing. I can't keep up, actually, Chloe. <laughs> I don't know about you. We'll I'm see not. you all next week. Yeah, admin was same quick. Time, transfer special even quicker. <laughs> I think I think we got some eight-year-old child from Scotland. That's about it, really. <laughs> Whack him it? in. Whack him in at right back <laughs> he might need to play uh, so what we're going to do is uh, part one we're going to read an article from The Athletic our sponsors of course and it's about well, it's like a snippet actually from their January transfer tracker regarding another player linked with Palace who probably won't sign um, and then I thought I'll use that to talk about uh, transfers in general how we're feeling players linked stuff like that I've also asked you guys to prep your favourite ever Palace transfers oh so yes we'll see, uh, yeah. homework. Uh, we'll see I've actually been working there. this morning have you? Yeah. And I also think like it's it's a fairly difficult question because yeah. apart from players that come through the youth team, you could literally pick any player from the whole of Palace history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it specifically in the windows or was it at any time in Crystal Palace history? You could just you know translate it however you wanted. Okay. So okay. I've got a clear idea. On the best, best and, on the best and the worst. Okay, so um, let's let's do the athletic thing first. And they are, of course, a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. A subscription-based website and app, completely ad-free. No ads, no annoying pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. It's not new anymore, is it? It's just, mm. Let's just say welcome to the home of football yeah. writing. I hope I get a cut for that. Um, visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. So, from their... Transfer Tracker, this is an article that they put up each day that has sort of updates. Right. I think exclusives, actually, transfer exclusives. This one's about Palace and French World Cup winner Adil Rami. Are we aware Ooh, of this guy? I'm not aware of this the one. fellow that was going out of Pamela Anderson. That's exactly the same. There you go. Right, yeah, I thought that, so. That's the first thing that you'd go <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. Not the fact that he's won a World <laughs> no, Cup no, and no, played no, for yeah. Sevilla. And like anyway, um, apparently he hopes to secure a move to the Premier League before the close of the transfer window. The 34-year-old defender, we like an old player at Palace, yeah. was, persuaded, uh, was pursued by Arsenal last summer following discussions with former manager at Sevilla, Unai Emery. Instead, he joined Turkish side Fenerbahce where he has since made only five appearances. Interesting, Rami so far has mainly come from the Championship, with Derby County leading the race to sign him ahead of another unnamed club. However, Rami hopes to play in the Premier League, and Crystal Palace are considering making an offer, Selzy. Capped 36 times by France, Rami uh, launched his career with Lille. Did he play with Kabaya at Lille? May have done. Maybe. Um, before spells with Valencia, uh, Milan, Sevilla and Marseille, from where he was sacked in August after missing training to take part in a mud wrestling competition in a French game show. Brilliant. Ford, <laughs> does, that, does that make him feel like he might fit in at Palace? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mud wrestling. 
<laughs> on TV. As, I'm uh, in, mate. I'm in. Uh, Sign me up anywhere. Early in the summer, he also split from Pamela Anderson, the former Baywatch star. Okay. And I, knew, I knew that bit. Two years. So, um, so you're, you'd be on board with this then? <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Mud wrestling <laughs> at Sellers Park. I'm in, mate. What? That would be a nice new half-time challenge. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think so. <laughs> what, better than on my shed or whatever it was called? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get, get Wix in to sponsor it. <laughs> in my bath. <laughs> provide, some, provide some compost. On my shed, son. On my shed, son. Game of Two Buffs was also a classic. Yeah. Game of Two Buffs, Game of two buffs yeah. was a genius. Yeah. That, that, was, that was when we used to be classy, you know? Yeah. yeah exactly. With a bit of class. Yeah. <laughs> um, is this the sort of player Palace should be going for? Um, absolutely Sorry. not. Um, <laughs> is he a centre-half? Is he a right-back? I don't, it's just, I just a defender here. So I don't know. I think uh, centre-half. So I guess that if we got him in, he'd sort of be cover for an injury crisis as a short-term... Because we don't need a 34-year-old. Come on. No. We're, we're the, what? Are we the oldest squad in the... The world. In the world, yeah. <laughs> we certainly are, yeah, we certainly are an ageing squad. Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's a move that we need. It sounds a bit, Celsi, like a bit of a sort of, dare I say it, desperation move, doesn't it? It's not sounds the sort like of player a, you... Sounds like an agent flying a, a kite very high in the sky, which he can take down now because he's uh, <laughs> he's managed to link in with probably just about every club in, in Europe in the meantime. So, <laughs> and get mentioned on the FYP yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. I, I would... I would Rate that one at a very low likelihood, I think, to be we honest. We should get Celsius to rate all the rumours. Yeah. Yes. Okay, out yeah. of what? Uh, the rumour rater. I'll, I'll give you a rating out of 10 for each one. Then okay. About that. Okay, all right. Uh, out of 10. All right, f- first rumour then. Should we yeah. just do it? Car- yeah. Carrasco. The former Atletico uh, winger now playing that, in China. Quite, that's one that they are trying to do. It's That would be a fantastic... Uh, deal with his uh, background if they could do it unfortunately they're dealing with a Chinese club and lots of people in between by the sounds of it and uh, I think it's less than straightforward but I think there is a, a willingness from the players end to uh, to want to come and uh, you know I read some numbers about his salary and all that sort of stuff but from what I understand he wouldn't be earning that at Crystal Palace should he come but I think that one we're going to give that one a uh, a seven and a half out of ten Ooh, and, I'm, and I'm really I'm really hoping but I don't hot. know that that could be complicated but that's yeah, yeah. the one I'd really that's like that's a hot rumour Selzy yeah that's a good a hot rumour I mean, that's a good one it is a good yeah. one Enders to be fair I mean Selzy on the post-match said or post-match podcast often talks about the need for ball carriers and another winger to be on the other side mm. of, of Wilf Carrasco would actually kind of fit that bill it would definitely it? fit that bill yeah and it sounds like he'd be uh, yeah it sounds, does he uh, does he does he like mud wrestling at all because <laughs> uh, so, if he does I'm in I'm have, only interested in people who play football and mud wrestling we'll have a rumour rate over here and a mud wrestler rate yeah. over here. <laughs> okay. Likely to mud wrestling on this guy. Uh, I, I think he would look good uh, covered in mud. Wow. I'd say I'd, I'd give him a, a six mud. Wow, a six, a six okay. mud, which think, is good. I think our pitch is like past that these days. I whisper it quietly, but I spent Saturday afternoon at the New Den this week during the uh, FA Cup break. How was that? Uh, watching Sheffield United because I deal with the goalkeeper there, Dean Henderson, and the pitch at Millwall was. Oof, there was barely a bit of grass on it, to be honest. We're very spoiled in the Premier League, so uh, he might be more at home there yeah, if he possibly, likes my yeah. wrestling. To okay, so yeah. uh, and what are your thoughts on Carrasco? Did I ask you already? No, uh, okay. I, I pretty much echo echo these guys. I think he'd be a lovely sign-in and, um, and just what we need. Um, and always up for a mud wrestler, so <laughs> happy, yeah. happy about that. This one's going to run and run, mate. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody yeah. doesn't like mud wrestling, by the way, switch off. It's, yeah. it's going to be one of those jokes, like it's funny now, in about 20 minutes it won't be funny, and then in about 40 it will be funny again. Funny again yeah. <laughs> yeah. you just got to persist. you just got to keep, just got Stuart Lee. <laughs> Stuart Lee. <laughs> I, right, well, I we... think, J- JD, in all honesty, if they could do it, it would be a fantastic coup, like give everybody a... A massive shot in the arm if it's if it's workable, but it just depends how difficult and complicated it is. But you know, on on the basis that he's a regular in the national team with Belgium, and he was at Atletico Madrid, and yeah. he went there for lots of money, and he was earning well, he is earning huge money. Um, but we can hope, and it would really be something that would. Uh, give everyone a massive boost. I we think. we got three days to do it, though, is a problem. And if there's that many issues, then I, I can't see them necessarily being ironed out that quickly. I, I, but but I guess um, 
would we be thinking about him as a replacement for Wilf um, come the end of the season rather than an addition to? It's a loan. They've talked about a loan. Yeah, a loan. Okay. It's, it's, I think it can be a loan over but a year But it could be that if he does well for us. With then. a fixed fee. I think he's already in Europe. He's training in Belgium at the moment. So I don't think logistically there'd be too many problems in that sense. It's doing the deal with the Chinese club and seeing what, what, what they can manage, really. You I mean, know, to be so. fair, the last Belgian player we signed uh, worked out great. That should be amazing. Let's move on to another one. Uh, Nathan Ferguson, the West Brom full-back. Right-back and left-back, I think he can play, can't he? Uh, what are your thoughts on him, Chloe? I'd be really happy. I think he's the sort of signing that has traditionally really worked well at Palace, where we've sort of dipped into... Um, the lower league, um, by that I mean the championship. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't we don't mess about, you know, those lower leagues. Uh, yeah. The Premier um, League, aren't we? The Premier Club, League, we can just go and poach whoever we want. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. We've got all the money. So, an attractive just... proposition. But it is actually, end is, yeah. is right, it is one of those things, one of those transfers we see a lot of other clubs do, yeah, getting so into that, the yeah. championship. And a lot of Palace fans say, well, aren't Palace doing the same thing? And this would kind of tick that box. It would tick that box. And, you know, it's... Often with these championship players, they always say, oh, they can only play in the championship. But, you know, you get a player, if they're playing around better players, they become a better player themselves, you know. And I think, you know, I think, you know, okay, you know, we've, we desperately need to get people in. I think we need to get people in. We also need to get some sort of, we need to get something that's going to excite people, as we are just saying about ourselves. I don't think he's exciting, but he'll be a good addition to the squad. But it's not the one that's going to maybe going to give the club the boost and the fans the boost that we all but want and need and require at the moment we need full, a full back yeah, and, and we don't and we've known that and that's not going to be a flashy or exciting <laughs> thing that's just going to be a done and dusted yeah, thank yeah. goodness we've, Fair, yeah. we've yeah, done that yeah. And, and yeah I think I think sort of uh, yeah as I said um, you know British guy um, sort of coming through I think he'll he'll blend in perfectly in sort of the ethos and spirit of the club and um, put a shift in and, and I'd be more than happy with that he does he certainly seems to be very highly rated Selzy what rating yeah. does he get from oh, well, I, can, <laughs> I know a little bit of background on this one little bits and pieces that I've picked up over the last couple of weeks just talking to different people first of all like somebody at West Brom who I I know very well and I sort of asked about him and uh, he said to me, uh, he's got absolutely everything, this kid, you know, would could go to the top sort of thing. So he gave him a very glowing uh, recommendation in that respect, not that he wants him to leave, of course. Um, but it's a little bit complicated, this one as well, because I think the club's stance is perhaps going to be different to the players in the respect of the club, <clears throat> I think, are willing to sell him because... If he moves abroad in the summer, then he's going to go for very nominal training compensation and they're going to lose him for next to nothing. So their option is to sell for good money. Um, I was led to believe the other day that they'd given us a figure that if we decided to take up and match that offer, then they would be willing to sell at this point. Um, But on the other side of that, I think there are several clubs abroad and the agent is uh, is telling people, I think, that he has interest from sort of AC Milan and people well, like that. Um, and so, you know, in many respects, you could see sort of nothing happening and the player sort of sitting on his hands till the end of the season. West Brom could be in the Premier League. He could opt to stay there. He could go abroad and play for a huge club. I mean... Honestly, I don't know what the sort of... uh, From day to day, that one seems to change a little bit because if Palace do come through and put the money on the table in that respect, then I think the agent will have to say to the player, we've got this, or he'll have to come up with what else he's got or tell him to just sit tight. So it's it's, it's one that's really in the balance, I think. How old is he? Oh, he's young. uh, He was the kid. I don't know if you ever saw... They used to have a clip on Soccer AM in the morning of this ball boy at West Brom that was uh, moonwalking down the touchline and stuff. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was him? him, yeah. Okay. It was so him, celebrations yeah. would be good if he's He's a young, he's young. I think he's probably still late teens or he's something 19. like that. Yeah, he can say, moonwalk, yeah. but can he mud wrestle? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot to mention, Chloe, actually. I've let you down on the mud wrestling shout because I also forgot to add to the uh, Carrasco point that his girlfriend was actually Miss Belgium 2013. So 
there could be a lot of interest in mud wrestling there as well. You never know. Okay. Moving on. Um, are we just like looking to sign really good looking players? Is that our maybe. is that our transfer policy? Well, They're maybe. getting all these beautiful women. They must be yeah. charismatic and handsome. Must be. Um, nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> are you sure? Um can we get a rating for Ferguson then Um six and a half. Can we get Ooh. a mud? Can we get a mud wrestle rating? Seems um, weird actually talking about a nineteen-year-old mud wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, should we avoid that? Should we just avoid <laughs> yeah. the mud wrestling? I think because so, it's starting to get a little bit weird. Outside, yeah, we'll... flashing warrant cards, looking for you. So I just that, as I was saying, <laughs> it's starting to get a bit weird. Yeah, yeah that, that joke's been run now. We're done Good. with that okay, one. Right. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with another joke. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Okay. Um, speaking of other fullbacks, I mean, Carl Walker Peters was one that we were linked mm. with. Has he gone to Southampton yet? That apparently that's happening. So well, that that's. I think it's one that that again was doable, but had Palace jumped in early, they it's their last domestic loan that they'd be able to do with Chenk Tosin mm. coming in. So I think they've kept their powder dry. I wouldn't rule that out if they can't get what else may be on the uh, on the list. It's probably a floating one that might have the button pushed on it in the last sort of forty eight hours or something, dependent on. Perhaps what happens with Ferguson and so on. Oh, that was my question, actually, following on from what Chloe was saying, that there is only 72 hours to do things. How quickly can transfers get pushed through if, say, suddenly the Ferguson thing does happen? Do they already have, like, the paperwork sort of ready to go or does it all just get done really quickly? Are there special rules? Like, what It's quite what quick. Um, there are lots of, lots of documents. The contracts actually are very straightforward in the sense that you can't change or alter them in any way because they have Premier League or Football League contracts, and the only two things that you can do are write the amounts in that are still in the contracts on a weekly basis. It still t- it still says in the contract how much a player will earn per week. Really? Yeah, Brilliant. and then there are all the other documents around <clears throat> the group bonuses. Say, for instance, like Palace, I'm guessing, without knowing the details, but there'll be a, a Premier League bonus based on being in the league or being in exposition or whatever it is and some clubs they have like a <laughs> per point bonus situation or system so you know they get x pounds per point and all that sort of stuff and all those kind of things so all of that stuff but it's the medical stuff that really takes the time the the paperwork <laughs> and the negotiations can Sounds generally... like needs a medical yeah, I I need to a bit... I'm really sorry I do need to do a big cough that's all right. <laughs> Oh, nice one. So, uh, Get it up, sorry. it might be a gold watch. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry about that. It's, it's coming again. <laughs> Excuse me. It's all right, you all right. okay? Uh, my old jury's up, should be. <laughs> Dr. Zaff, are you available? For as you're not doing many medicals at the moment. You might just be about right. And do they do they still use fax machines? Uh, no. Oh, okay. It's all done. You can scan stuff now. So That's disappointing. My my own experience is when I've done a few bits and pieces, you can do it remotely by just scanning the docs and sending them back and all that That's sort of stuff. That's very disappointing. So it's not... Um, it's not too complicated. We have had a few questions, actually. Well, I, say I can't imagine why. We've had a lot. I can't imagine why. More than a few questions <coughs> about uh, players going out, players coming in. Jim Foster. Oh, hi, Jim. Uh, says, Jim. I doubt hi, Jim. by the time you record this that any deal, deal was over the line. Well, we've got about Cynic. half an hour left, so <laughs> I'd be surprised. Uh, so would... Hit refresh on that. So what would each of you feel is needed in coming or outgoing... Uh, this week and what would you expect will happen Enders well outgoing I don't want anything outgoing no. really at all because <laughs> we're already already thin aren't we uh, in that respect um, I mean just just the usual you know uh, we need we need defensive cover I'd love to get a great creative midfielder in there maybe another forward as well um, to go along with the loney that we've got at the moment just to add some more firepower up front perhaps a a winger, you know, some, yeah, well, just, I think down that spine and also on the wing, pretty much everywhere. We need some, <laughs> no, we do though, don't we? I mean, we just need to get that squad. We've been very lucky recently where we haven't been hammered 
oh, we haven't, you know, we've been doing all right with a squad that's just got, got literally got kids on the bench. Well, they are, know. they are sort of the squad is running on fumes, really. Chloe, it really is. It? A lot of the players are playing with injuries as well, and they're also looking very tired as well. I mean, it's so good we got this ten day break, yeah, because yeah. they look so shattered during the last game. Well, that I mean, obviously we had a very, we had a very down pod after the Southampton game, as you can imagine. Mm. But mm. they, so the players I, I did got look counselling after that. <laughs> the players did look very, very tired. What, um, what if, if we end up with? Ferguson and Carrasco, maybe that was it. Would you be happy with that, or do you think they've been more needed? I think, I think, long term, yeah, definitely more needed, and in an ideal world, more needed. But at the moment, all we've brought in is Tosin, so I would be happy with two more. Like in in three in three days, I would be happy with yeah. two more. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I think um, we've identified sort of our problem areas as uh, at the beginning of the window, forward, winger, fullback. And if we do that, then that's the bare minimum covered. Yeah. Um, I still think, I still think, it will cause us problems. I don't think we're going to have a comfortable second half of the season, but I think it will be enough to get us over the line. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see not just Tosin, another forward come in. Mm. To be honest, to even give him competition. I just don't think that will happen because I I feel like Roy is putting enough faith in Benteke, Wickham, Tosin. Are you? Are you? I think there's a bit on that. JD, in terms of uh, Villa having interest in Benteke, from what I understand, but we couldn't Why? possibly do that. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, nostalgia. And Wickham has a couple of suitors for loan if they can put something reasonable up in terms of covering his money. But um, we can't let anybody leave, realistically, at the moment, as you were saying. It's not that we just haven't got the bodies... You know, I think we've got 20 outfield players with Tosin coming in and um, Camarasa going out and three goalkeepers. And so, you know, at the moment with the injuries that we've got, even this weekend, if we didn't sign another player, the, the, the team and the, and the bench would be with one spare goalkeeper, Stephen Henderson, that would be everybody involved. So it's not that wow. Roy's got... A, a, a plethora of options and choices, um, so I can't, I couldn't see either of those forwards going out unless we're going to get someone else yeah, in. Yeah. I mean, I think there's still a, a, a chance at the end that Batshuayi, if Chelsea are successful in getting somebody in, could come either permanently or on loan again, That'd be which great. would be no oh, bad yeah. thing. I don't, I don't think they like him too much at Chelsea. Well, I don't. Um, I don't think he's consistent enough to be playing at a Champions League club, but he's consistent enough to be playing at Palace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he showed that last season, didn't he? he scored yeah, what six, six goals for us, yeah. and it, it helped massively. He scored yeah. six goals for us, but then I, I always remember that Huddersfield game where we huffed and puffed, and Max Meyer <clears throat> and he. I was so <laughs> excited before the game because I was thinking, like, you know, pressure's relatively off. Um, Max Meyer's getting a start. Batshuayi's on. So I. Things are. I was playing that game, and I just thought, "Oh, this is going to be so exciting." Mm. They were absolute. They were absolutely terrible. <laughs> Batshuayi's touch was awful. Oh, Max Meyer had no ideas, no invention, and I just kind of thought that's why Chelsea don't want Batshuayi because he isn't hitting that top level yeah, every, every single game. game. Yeah. But having said that, his movement's brilliant. He's a really good finisher, and he's he's exactly what we need. Yeah, and when he did, you know, the goal away at um, Burnley was a good yeah. good finish. That one away at Leicester, where he sort of guided it in with his leg from yeah, the shot. He yeah. he did. Chloe's right. He's not consistent enough for a top four team, but actually for us, he's kind of perfect. And I but, also yeah. think that his character is absolutely brilliant, and he came in and just sort of um, contributed to a really fun second half of the yeah. season yeah. where yeah. everyone seemed really happy and like they were enjoying themselves. I think he's yeah. the sort of player that would give the squad a boost as well without yeah. doubt because they all know him you know most of them know him oh. and you know and he was and and basically, and basically just signed Belgian players yeah Eden Hazard they're about the best Conte. team in the world at the moment aren't they internationally I think they're number one in the FIFA rankings are they, are they really yeah, so I mean but you say sort of Carrasco uh, Tosin Wilf Andros Townsend uh, Batshuayi, Benteke, Wickham, it would look a little bit, and Jordan Ayew, of course, it would look a little bit better yeah. in terms of yeah. options that we've mm. got. And suddenly, you know, it's more important. People talk about the team, as I said, I think, on one of the post-match pods, maybe with you, J.D., the other day, but we need, 
you need a, you need two teams. You need two players in every position mm. that are perfectly capable, and you ideally you'd like real competition in every position. And perhaps you know whether people like all our midfield players or not, uh, or our central defenders. You could say that you've got Luca or Riedervoud, you've got MacArthur or McCarthy, you've got Kuyate or Schlupp. You've got Cahill or Tompkins or Kelly or Sacco or Dan. Dan, I, you know, could be a player, I think, potentially that could leave, if not this window, this summer, purely because he's quite a way down the pecking order and with his age and stuff, mm. I would imagine at some point he's going to get frustrated and want to play. He's a good earner as well, so I think Fair you know all that. Fair enough, yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah, exactly. been a good all that, for us. You yeah. know, I don't think anyone would begrudge him that. I think, no. but free up space um, for uh, Adil Rami, but uh, yeah, <laughs> who's two years older or three years older yeah. than Scott. But no, I think that you know that those two areas, though, we have you know decent cover mm. and competition, and you know then you go to the fullback situation where you only have Van Arnholt and only have Joel Ward, and they are two glaring misses, you know, that you haven't got. And we need young, competitive competition for those players. Mm -hmm. And I think with Gyro and Jeffrey Schlapp, who's somewhere away from fitness still, but you can sort of get away with the left-back situation a little bit. But Mm -hmm. the right-back one, you know, we surely can't go through a second transfer window without signing a right-back having sold the most expensive one on the planet. It's also the other teams have totally worked out as well. Because, you know, I remember... Against Arsenal and also Southampton, they were just hammering us down the left hand side. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think, our, our, our right, their yeah, left. Yeah. You know, I think. I mean, Martin Kelly did brilliantly, and Martin Kelly, since Roy's been here as a centre back, has been excellent when he's played. But in the right back situation, it was you know I was getting shades of the Alan Pardew era again. He's mm-hmm. made quite a few errors of late, and you know sort of run out of gas a little bit. And I don't think it's right for us to keep asking him to do that. Um, I mean, Wardy, I think, will be available, judging by the fact he's training. He played that last sort of half an hour against Southampton. So that is a bonus. But we want a young, competitive, Aaron Wan-Bissaka-type competition in there, and you need that everywhere. Well, and that'll be why we're linked with the likes of Walker-Peters and Ferguson and Jamal Lewis from Norwich as well. We have had a couple of questions, Chloe, about people leaving, actually. Jazz Lucas has said, should an offer be too good to turn down for Guaita? I think it was linked with Man City at one point, wasn't he? And Chelsea this last Who should Palace be looking at as a replacement? Um, I mean, that's not going to happen, surely. Well, I hope not. I really don't want it to. Um, I can't see that happening. Yeah, I feel like uh, he's... I I know we've had, like, uh, Julian Speroni has been sort of the the stalwart of the club and such a reliable performer. But it feels like for the first time in my lifetime as a Palace fan, like I've looked at a keeper and gone like, oh, this is what a keeper can do to your team. Because he is... I I don't worry about him. Mm. I never worry about him. I always think, you know... The odd occasion his distribution is poor, but you notice that because it's an exception. And his shot stopping is brilliant and his positioning is brilliant. Um, And I just, I don't think there is a price or certainly not a price that anyone would be willing to pay if he was going to go and be their backup goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to go anywhere to be a first team keeper, is he? Sorry, the, 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 the first choice keeper. Because he's the first choice. I can't see him going. It'd be crazy. He seems really happy as well. He seems happy. I mean, I, I don't know. I've never met the dude, but he looks. <laughs> it's always going to happen when you have players that come in and well, play so yeah. well. Mm. It's going to be interesting. He's doing very well. I think there's a year left after this on his contract, but I think, I'm not certain, so don't quote this as the gospel, but I think he. He has a, the club's got an option for a further year, so effectively he's still got two and a half years left. Um, I'd be surprised if he went. If he did, it would be for huge money. Mm. And probably someone who I mentioned a little while ago would be in the opposite goal on Saturday. Dean Henderson mm. would be the kind of replacement that you'd have to go and yeah. seek mm. if you did, because you'd, you'd only let <coughs> Vicente Guay to leave if you were going to get top dollar for him, yeah. and you don't really want that to happen. But that would be that would be my uh, 
my cover plan should that situation arise. Do you think uh, City would offer us someone like Claudio Bravo as uh, in return, who I would not be interested no, in? No, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think we'd take Bravo. It's funny you mentioned his name because I was talking about him with JD on the way back from Man City. We did a quick calculation on the Man City bench and the value of the Man City bench. Whoa. And when I added up our 11 on the pitch at Man City, Claudio Bravo, the reserve goalkeeper, cost more than our team <laughs> <laughs> together. So, uh, oh, yeah, that's, uh, wow. no, I, don't, I don't want Claudio Bravo. No, no, no. I don't think anyone does. Um, listen, I've got a few more questions uh, on transfers. But we're going to take a really quick break. But don't forget, you can visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP to start a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. We'll be right back after this. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the five-year plan transfer special. Wow, that was a really quick break. Wasn't That's it? the it break. Was really quick. Listen, we have got a few more questions. Um, another potential departure. Apparently it's PVA. And we had a question from uh, Ben Wilkins. Hello, Ben. Who says, um, with the current links of PVA leaving the club, do you think the summer will see a shake-up of playing squad and see if we can offload a few older players and possibly new manager to sort out replacements? A lot of questions whoa, in there, Ben. Yeah, Jesus, a lot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And Chaz Lucas has put PVA being linked with the move away, but how does the pod rank him against Palace left-backs that came before him? Another big question. I should really prep these questions before I ask them. That's, <laughs> That's a big question. You know, he's... Look, we, we, he's, he's had his problems, PVA. He's had his problems and he's, you know, and he can... And he can... Um, he can, he can really mess up a few times, and he has done. And we've got very angry with him on this pod and, and, and on the terraces as well. But you know, I think he's a he's a solid player. I think I I, I, I like PV, and he's so exciting going forward. But when we, he we does, also, you know, we still need him. Yeah, and, we I, I, and need. we need him, and we need him. I think he, he it looks like he's happy at the club. You know, I don't think you know you you got to remember about these transfer things that you got to, the the players need to be happy there, don't they? And I, it, it looks like we've got a really a good squad at the moment, a lot of happiness around it. And I think that's really important to remember. And I think a player, you know, of his age, going, well, mid-season, maybe in the summer, you know, if he's, if a few players come in or he sees some rumblings at the club that he's going to get ousted, then fair enough. But I wouldn't think at this point. Of the let season. me, Chloe, let me change the question slightly from uh, left-backs that came before him to left-backs currently at the club. Where would you rank PVA? Still number one? Yeah. <clears throat> I really like Gyro. Um, I, I think he's, I think it's great that he sort of come through and had this opportunity and he's performed so well largely <clears throat> but I think in terms of going forward that link up play with Wilf down the left hand side yeah. it's, it's one of our best attacking options and attacking threats and I know it leaves us <clears throat> somewhat exposed um, at the back often but I feel like uh, Jimmy Mack and Kuate are really good at sort of just going and fighting those fires. Um, yeah. If if PVA gets caught a little bit out up the field, so yeah, I I, I would stick with him. Um, yeah, and, and I really like him. And he also offers us quite a few goals a season, which that's is true. Yeah, correct. Which yeah. is yeah, that's true. He does have invaluable. That's good eye for a goal. That perhaps if he was as good defensively as he was offensively, he'd be playing for Real Madrid. Frankly, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean he's. <laughs> He's very, very good when he's going north, isn't he? You know, when he's as an attacking left back, he's as good as they get, really. I would say. Yeah. I think perhaps defensively, he sometimes lacks a bit of um, a bit of common sense sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, and is I think that you you like your defenders to have this kind of. And I think this is probably very British as well in the way that we are sort of brought up around football, whereas the Dutch are around a more sort of technical approach mm. or have been in the past, renowned for that. 
but he lacks perhaps sometimes a bit of that never say die instinct and it's my man and he's not going to score and right. and so on but you know I, I actually think he's a very good player and not someone I'd be looking to offload the stories again were very curious the money involved that was rumoured well that wouldn't even interest anybody but he and I don't think PSV could even get near Patrick van Arnholt's salary where he's at, at the moment so I'd be very surprised if there's any mileage in that. And he's got 18 months to go, so it might just uh, suit his agent for those stories to be in the mm, public domain. I think that's mm. often the source of yeah. these. But I think, yeah. actually, Enders, is a good point that you look at most players in Palace squad, mm. and they're all players, actually, if they had that, that, that one extra thing, they would be somewhere else. If Wilf could yeah. keep his head, he'd be at <laughs> yeah. a top six club. Well, if Luca yeah. could pass properly, he'd be a, uh, you know... It's it, quite a big one, that one, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite a big one. Which is why we, we are where we are in the league, you know, yeah. where we're, you know, we may be mid-table, but we're only about four or five points above the relegation, aren't we, or something mm. stupid like Well, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very tight <laughs> one this year. Seven, 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 yeah, yeah. seven. 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 But I, it I is mean, a particularly... It's particularly weird, close, yeah. I mean, as everybody keeps saying because Liverpool are doing so, so well, it's a really terrible Premier League season. But anyway, whatever. But yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think, I mean, that's the reason why, it's the reason why we are where we are, because we just lack that little bit in all positions, don't we? You know, we lack that killer instinct at the front. But then as soon as you get a player like Aaron who comes in and has got everything, they don't, they don't last here long. They, no, they, they, you know, they, they, they want the opportunities and the, and the bet, money I, is available I, these days for them. I bet, so. I bet he's not very happy about playing at Man United at the moment, is he? Well, this isn't a Man United podcast, so we'll, uh, we'll avoid that. I think, um, I think the frustration... JD to a point is Enders has just said there people saying it's not a very good Premier League I mean Roy I don't really understand any of his detractors the blokes worked his magic really with a quite a, a, a group of players that have we've, and that's not to say we haven't got some very good players we have but a hugely unbalanced squad we knew it was going to struggle for goals before ball was kicked mm. and that was my concern and I know last week you were quoting some of the things that I'd sort of said on the post-match podcast about I'd be happy to be fourth from bottom and stuff like that. When the window closed, I was actually quite fearful of the limitations in certain areas that we had. Um, I'm repeating myself, but, you know, we, we went into the season with AU, Wickham and Benteke, who had scored two goals between them in the <laughs> Premier League last year. It wasn't, you know, Andros and Wilf, the only players really that could go past anybody with the ball... So you knew injuries or issues there would limit you again. And the full-backs, had we got problems there, we were going to be in trouble. And actually all of those things have played out. So, But I, I also think the thing with Hodgson is that he's very patient and has got a good temperament because I think a lot of other managers would have come in and complained because he hasn't really been given financial backing. <clears throat> and he's the one that's kind of predicting think, all of these issues, but he's just getting on with it. And he, he does, and he's. Mm. I think he, I think his transfer dealings are minus thirty million pounds since. I say his. He doesn't sign the players as yeah. such. I mean, obviously, he has an input, <clears throat> but but that sort of underlines, I think. And people say, well, he's inherited a good squad. He has got some very good players. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying he hasn't. But there are massive holes in mm. our squad, you know, and they're, they're only going to get worse yeah, if we don't. This build is them. this is yeah. my and my big worry is that, as you said, Roy will eventually become so frustrated he'll just say, "What am I doing this?" I've and, had and, yeah. Yeah. and frankly, last year when we gave him the support in January and we got Batshuayi in the door, suddenly all those chances we were creating were, were turning to goals. We were yep. the third best team in the season after February the first <laughs> last yep. year in the Premier League. So. I think he shows that he's capable and people sort of go, oh, he's negative, he's this, he's that. He can't play a really open style of football when he's so limited with the goals that he has in the team. You know, there, are, there aren't there are goals. How many goals MacArthur or Luca or Czech scored or James McCarthy? So there's not a lot of goals from midfield. I don't know how many. Has Andros Townsend scored once this year, maybe, against Norwich, didn't he? I don't know if he scored any more. I don't know, I don't think so. Might have done one or two more. I don't know. That's the one I, one I could think of. You know, Wilfred isn't so prolific. Ten, you know, is probably about the max you'll get out of Wilfred. And we've got to be thankful that AU has been, you know, manfully putting himself around all year and covering the grass and doing his work for us because otherwise I think we'd be in big trouble. But the, the annoyance for me, and where I've sort of said before we've kind of wasted the season a little bit, is had we addressed these things in mm. the summer with the way the Premier League's played out, mm. I think we might be right 
we, we might have another nine or ten points, which would put us in the top four at this point. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. But I hope and I pray that we are not going to take this down to the wire and not bring the people in that we need this week and have a very uncomfortable second half or, or last third of the season or whatever it is. You were actually praying then with your hands. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh that, that tells you how worried I am. On that, actually, we have had a couple of questions. One's from Andy Watkinson, who says, 27th of January, or 28th today, but still. Great day. Um, a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, one loan signing and one for the under-23s. This is Scott Banks, we've got from Dundee. Surely we must be better prepared than this each window. And a similar question from <coughs> Sausage and Egg McFlurry. Oh, dear. Oh, God. I think it's a McDonald's name. menu in a blender there, isn't it? Other menus available. Yeah. It says, uh, why do clubs, not just Palace, wait till late in the window to make signings rather than have them lined up to sign when the window opens? I assume you're allowed to negotiate outside the window. A month is a long time in football. Is it because the selling club holds the cards? Correct. Well, that's the reality is, Cenk Tosin is an easy deal to do. Because Everton no one wants don't him. want well, <laughs> don't well, him. You're laughing, but it's true. They they don't want him, and they're not they're not dependent on bringing somebody else in. They're just happy to offload him. Yeah. Because he's he's a six figure wage every week if if what's reported is correct, and the manager will say, "Well, I'm not going to use him. He can go. I've got Calvert Lewin. I've got Richarlison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got other choices. I'm okay mm. with that." So it's an easy job to do. So that's the house that you're buying with no chain and someone turns up the first time and says, oh, I'll buy that yeah, and, yeah. and I've got the money and off we go. And, <laughs> yeah. and I've been living in rented accommodation for a year <laughs> while I've been looking for this place. Bang. It's a, That's the equivalent. Yeah, no, really. no, you know, I'm that's what it. it is. Very good Whereas analogy. Every, every, <laughs> very, every, very, very well, good so analogy. It's a bit complicated, but we're well, there anyway. with you. And uh, the other ones are all domino effects, chain deals where we're going to get him and we'll let this one come or go and so on. And that affects the whole thing. And nobody ever sort of pushes the button until right at the end. So when everyone has to really make their final decision, that's why everything goes on at the end. So it's it's not just a Palace thing? No. I I think our fan base can be... uh, ever so slightly guilty of thinking all our problems are exclusive you know and the, we're the only team that gets frustrated with uh, the various goings on at their football club but I uh, think that's a common thing with most football clubs yeah. Yeah. I mean they, we're obviously the only team that's trying to win a match and entitled to win a match to start with the rest of them should just turn up and be cannon fodder yeah absolutely um, but the, my, my point being is that I, I'm going to I'm going to caveat what I've just said to you and say that the club hasn't been good enough at getting transfer deals done, whichever way we look at it. You know, we've actually done really well in terms of the money that's been spent and the deals, the way to deal fantastic free transfer, feathering Dougie's cap, that <coughs> one. You know, Kuyate, great value. Mm. Um, McCarthy, very yeah. decent value. Cahill. You know, Cahill. We can't grumble at, uh, in terms of the value we've had for the money that we've put out or little, little money we've put out. But on the other side of it, we need more and we the, should be doing more. The other side of it is the reason we've had to wheel a deal is because we haven't got the money because we made big signings like Christian Benteke and Mamadou Sacco that we're still paying off, mm-hmm. as far as I'm aware. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm on big, on big wages. I don't know why well, the wages are obviously very high, but then... All players' wages are higher now, you know, and 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 I would again take Chloe that, uh, you know, Bournemouth have made probably several signings of the level of Benteke and Sacco, you know, twenty eights and thirty millions, and yeah, and so have a lot of other clubs. So it's it's a fair, it's a fair point. And Sam Allardyce, I mean, he did a a terrific job, um, but he also spent. <laughs> If you include Sacco's signing in for what he cost, yeah, that 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 was dealt with at the, the following summer when Frank de Boer was here. But if you take in what he spent in the window and had Sacco as well, which was equivalent of a signing him, although we hadn't paid for him at that point, he spent seventy million pounds in that transfer window, didn't he? So God, it, yeah. it was uh, it was a you know Slap and. Milivojevic, uh, PVA, PVA and, uh, Sacco. and Sacco is, is big money, you know, and so 
So we signed those three and him on loan, but it was the equivalent of we paid for him the following summer. Well, let's, we? speaking yeah. of which, uh, we've got a question from Chaz Lucas. He says, how many signings will we make for this weekend? I'm going to ask the three of you to predict <laughs> how many. Before we do that, I'm just going to check Palace's Twitter. No new signings. No new signings. Uh, okay. But Gyro has got Player of the Month, so congratulations. Well done, Gyro. Oh, well done, Gyro. Uh, well so, deserved. Chloe, how many, how many signings will we make? Two. Two. I think that's a fairly safe bet. Well, we've Enders. made... How, We've no, no, from now from, oh, now. from now. From, from now. From now to um, Friday night. To Friday night, and it's Tuesday today, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll say three. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, Matt's on the block, I Enders. ain't messing yeah. about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I ain't messing about. I, I'm, uh, three would be lovely. I'm going to go with Enders and be brave and nail my testicles firmly to the table and say, Ooh. yes, it's... Uh, Please don't do that. No, I was going to say, it's not pretty. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I think we're, 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 we're going to try and do three, whether we get three or not, I don't know. But, uh, uh, three would be lovely. I'm going to go with Chloe. I'm feeling I'm a, bit, a bit more sort of two, I think, is a safe... A bit more realistic. Go for three, two get three, that's two. all right. We, we yeah, need exactly the right, right back and the wide forward player, for sure. Yeah. And if we and could get another striker, well. that would be brilliant. Well, know. listen, thank, this has been good time to chat. Before we move on, we've got other questions as well. We'll round off the pod by doing a sort of few uh, miscellaneous questions. Before we do that, I did ask you guys to prep. We're going back in time a bit. A bit of nostalgia. Your favourite ever, and least favourite. But, <laughs> but let's start favourite ever, Palace transfers. Well, Ones that came off that you just, you maybe you loved it at the time, or it ended up being a transfer that you didn't look back on now and think, oh, that was brilliant. Well, I think the one that I really loved at the time and ended up being a really great transfer was Nigel Martin. Oh, wow. Nigel Martin, because he came, he was like the most expensive goalkeeper at the time, wasn't he? He was in the world. Yeah, in the world. He was a you know, goalkeeper. He was the first million pound Nigel, goalkeeper, yeah. so it was a massive thing for wow. a club like Crystal Palace to be breaking transfer records. Yeah. And, you know, within those first few months of him playing, we played a team that we'd lost 9-0 to earlier on in the season and, and you know, he only let three goals in. <laughs> so he was already two-thirds better than Harry <laughs> Sutherland. Um, and I just... And, and he became, you know... Yeah. He became a great, great, great goalkeeper. The only bad side of it was he had a terrible moustache. Yeah. Which I didn't really like, but it was a very early oh, 90s I didn't thing. Mind it, didn't mind it. Uh, but no, I, I would say for excitement and for that feel-good factor that rippled around the club, I think he was he was the one. And also, the, and I'll give a brave mention to um, Edgar Davids, because anybody who can play sunglasses, oh. anybody who can play sunglasses, I think he's brilliant. But he ended up not being able to play. I've completely so. forgotten about it. I literally completely <laughs> it forgot about it. It was unfortunate that, <laughs> it, that it was a terrible that was spell at the exciting. club, but it was Edgar Davids. Yeah, yeah, it was very yeah. exciting. It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've just completely forgotten about that. Yeah, there you go. Right, so, um, see, I've done some well work, haven't I? <laughs> as as a brief uh, side note, when I was a child, I used to sit in the family end um, with my family, and there was a guy behind me called Gavin. And uh, he and I were sort of quite unlikely friends. He was a guy with special needs and I was sort of like a 10-year-old and we kind of Mm. got on really well. And one of Gavin's things would be that he would sort of shout at the opposition team like, you wait until we sign Wayne Rooney or you wait until we sign like Ronaldinho or something. And then when we signed Edgar Davids, I was like, well, you know, it's one of Gavin's kind of dreams come true. It was was really lovely for him to see that. (laughs) So who would be your favourite ever? Um... Well, I am particularly interested in the block of transfers that we made in 2004-05 when we were in the Prem. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, largely there were some uh, terrible, terrible ones, which I'll come to when you ask me worse. But within that was uh, Jules, Julius mm. Brony. And, uh, Don't know who did that. <laughs> who made that deal? Well, it might have been somebody here that mentioned that to Ian. We, uh, funny, I can tell you, we, Ian Dowie was the manager. And this is an absolute true story. So I was working inside. Sorry to interrupt, Clark. No, no, no. This is amazing. This is amazing. So he's. I'm working in the uh, with the academy, and uh, so Kit's the assistant manager with Ian. Kit's my mate. Ian's there. Tells him, "Can you come and see us? We we need a goalkeeper, and we want to have a sort of bit of a chat with you and pick your brains a bit and so on." So I go in the training ground and see them. So I remember having this conversation with Ian Down. This is absolutely true on my daughter's life. We'd been there, I think it was probably a few. We, the first game, we lost to Millwall on Boxing yes, Day 1-0. Yeah. And we dominated we the, the game and we played really well. And we missed chance after chance, lost 1-0. And I remember chatting to my brother, funny enough, on that night and said, like, I think we're going to do all right here. You know, we, we look really good today. I mean, we got beat, but this is good. And uh, anyway, I was in the, probably the end of January, so he was going, I need a goalkeeper for next year. What are we going to do? I said, well... 
depends whether we're in the Championship or the Premier League, Ian, doesn't it? And he sort of looks at me like I was absolutely mad. I said, I'm absolutely serious. I think we'll be in the Premier League. So he's like, all right, whatever you say. Anyway, so I said to him, we've got this goalkeeper in Scotland that's playing for Dundee. I said, and uh, I quite like this bloke. I said, he's done really very well since he's been there. And Dundee had got into financial trouble. They were in administration. And Robert Douglas, who was the goalkeeper of Celtic at the time in Scotland, one of my pals who I dealt with through the business, and his father-in-law, Peter Marr, was the chairman of Dundee. And I said to... Uh, Shops to the boys yeah. then, really, wasn't it? Well, no, I, I, so I said to Ian, like, I think we can get this bloke for a bit of a song here because they're desperate for the money. And so go and gamble sort of half a million pounds and, uh, and see how we get on. And funnily enough, he came in the summer... And I remember saying to Ian, you know, what's the goalie like? And I said, we probably need someone else more experienced now we're in the Premier League because this is a big step and I'm not sure that he'll make it. And he said, Selzy, I'm watching this bloke every day in training. He's absolutely brilliant and I'm going to play him, is what he said to me. <laughs> but obviously it didn't last very long no. initially before yeah. it spun round. Anyway, sorry, Clark, no, you can I, go I, back to your story now. I've just no, uh, given you a little bit favorite. of a backstop to actually how it all happened. Yeah. I love it. You've, you've given yeah. the context to, to what I, I'm about to say, yeah. which is, um, I, I think, you know, he really sort of captured my imagination as a, as a child because... Um, you know, I was really, I really liked his long hair at the time. Um, <laughs> Do you remember they, there was a song? Because I remember going to the pre-season friendly. I think, I think about QPR, and they were singing Spironi. Whoa, he's got a sh- haircut. He's keeping Palace up. <laughs> I really remember that. I think it sounds like a Palace song. Yeah. And then he cut his hair. Only fifty percent of that. Well, fifty percent of that was true, and then a hundred percent of it yeah, was absolutely true. That song. <laughs> Wait, no, other way around. Zero percent was true. And then 50%. Oh, no. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, basically, I just remember distinctly sitting at home watching that game against Portsmouth, and I think it was where Patrick Berger took a long, a long, uh, long distance shot and it was going wide and he palmed it in. And I just thought, oh, no, this, this, guy's, this guy's absolutely terrible. And, <laughs> and he sort of like came in, as I say, in the context of all these terrible other signings that we've made. And then, yeah, that, that sort of redemption story of, um, of c- being the, the biggest legend, one of the biggest legends that the club's ever seen is just, you know, captures, captured my imagination. He is a legend. And he's a very he's nice very guy. He's got a very steely, determined side to him. Because this exterior of him being, you know, a lovely fellow, which he is, which he is absolutely yeah. fantastic. But he's got this quite sort of determined part of him inside that. Yeah. And a few times during that time, I'd say to him, you know, you ought to go and do something else. This <coughs> isn't going to work out. And he'd say, no, I'm working away. My chance will come, and I'll have to keep going and keep going. And it, and it did. And he's, I think Palace fans they love a sort of someone who's a trier in that yeah. sense who. Who's never beaten, I guess, and uh, that's very much his his way. Yeah. It actually does feel a bit weird him not being at the club, actually, mm, doesn't it? Anyway, does being it? so long, it just it actually feels a bit weird. What's uh, your favourite transfer? Well, I'm going to. I'll tell you in a minute. I'm oh, going to ask Selzy, right. but we've had two goalkeepers already. Yeah, well, right, well funny enough, a bloke that works with goalkeepers is not going to pick a goalkeeper. Oh, okay. <laughs> Although Enders was a great shout because I think at the time. David Seaman was England's goalkeeper, but you wouldn't have got me to swap Nigel Martin for David Seaman. I think Nigel Martin at one point it was, was the best goalkeeper in the world. Crystal Palace had the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah, it was incredible. It was and incredible. also one of those transfers where at the time, a lot of money at the time. Oh, yeah, it was a, and yet in fairness, Ron Nose wasn't afraid to, to put his balls on the block sometimes for those kind You're of players. You're obsessed with putting so, your so, balls yeah, in the block. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's call it a brave signing. You yeah. know, like somebody paying a, a, a third division club um, that kind of money. Um, and it was right. And it was a really good spot. Um, and I'd, I'd seen him, funny enough, in a play at Fulham in the playoffs the, the previous summer of the year. We played Blackburn in the playoffs. Right. And uh, he looked very good, and I thought there's a goalkeeper here, sort of thing. And we ended up signing him further on. Didn't they call him the man with the frying pan hands? Yes, is that right? He, he, <laughs> he, got, he originally got recommended to Jerry Francis when he was the manager of Bristol Rovers by a bloke that owned a carpet shop. And uh, brilliant, you know that is and, uh, isn't it? That's yeah. typical, typical palace. palace. Yeah, and right. he ended up with the with the gig. And and funny enough, with you talking about him today. 
his name's popped up twice in the last couple of weeks and I was talking with John Ruddy about Rui Patrizio and also I was talking to Scott Carson about Edison, you know, talking about how they work and what they do and I'll say, you know, out of all the goalkeepers you've worked with, who's your favourite goalkeeper that you've ever worked with? Both of them said Nigel Martin, hands down the best. Wow. You know, there you so go. That's quite there interesting. Go. Who are you going to go for? Who am I going to go for? Yeah. I will go and say that uh, probably the two the two that I like the most were done virtually at the same time in Neil Warnock's tenure as Crystal Palace manager. Ooh, okay. And that would be the return of Wilfred Zaha for yeah. pennies, which yes. was yeah. obviously something yeah. that thrilled me given his background and the time I'd spent with him as a kid and all that kind of stuff. So I was chuffed when that happened. And James MacArthur, I think, has probably been pound for pound as good a signing as we've ever made, really, the value we've had out of that guy. And again, perhaps during Sam Allardyce's spell where he was struggling with injury a little bit, he looked like his time might come to an end and he'd lost his way a little bit and he seemed a yard slower and all of those things. And yet he just carried on regardless, and uh, and the bloke's not a machine really. He, he's everything you want in a professional footballer. I think the discipline, the the, the work rate, the the technical ability, and I, I hear like from from people around it that he's an exceptional fellow around the place and doesn't make excuses. I think there was a there was one theory. Uh, I think it was last season, at the beginning of last season, where his form wasn't great. And uh, I think the medical or the the, 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 the analysis guys were saying, oh, you're wearing these, these vests every day, you know, you're running too many yards in training every day and, you know, you need to tail that back and, and uh, you know, so you've got more energy in the game and that, to which Mac apparently replied, no, it's nothing to do with it. I'm just not playing well enough and I need to sort myself out. <laughs> and I, kind of, I quite like that in a footballer. You know, sure, enough, he, sure enough, he did, you know. So, uh, so we've got the makings of quite a good little five-a-side team here. We've got yeah. Jules or Martin in goal, Macca, mm. Wilf. Yeah. And I'm going to give you, for mine, two players on, who arrived at the same time, both defenders who actually can go into our five-a-side team. And that is... Fancy he oh, and Sanji oh, Hai wow. when they yeah. the first ever Chinese yeah. players the to Chinese play revolution in and it, it was I so I mean it was a time when we were quite exciting anyway because Goldberg had bought the club and uh, Lombardo we'd gone down but Lombardo yeah. was still here Janssen was still here Venables was back as manager unfortunately but there was this stat that at one point after signing Sun and Fan and I think one of our games against Sheffield United, possibly it was live on Chinese yes, TV. I remember this. That someone somewhere had quantified that we had the most football fans supporting Crystal Palace in the entire world. <laughs> oh, I don't know yeah. how you quantify that, but we were the most popular club in there's the world a, for about there's a lot of people in China, that's A week, why. maybe? <laughs> I think one of them came from Dalian. Uh, not sure which one, the club, and that's where Carrasco is now. So wow. uh, almost like we planned it. Might be, uh, almost like we planned it. But might, it was so exciting. But you know and, what it is? It, 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 it's that excitement. It's that thing. It's like I really love when we got Edgar Davids. It's that excitement, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's just. Ah. I can't really remember, but were Fancy High and were they, were, were they good? Well, Sanji High, who was the fullback, left quite soon. Yeah, because I don't really remember. Yeah. Yeah. But fans Fancy stayed for a bit and was, was a he cult was a, hero. There really. for a while, yeah. man. He was great. I remember hard. he played in goal once against Leicester in the cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember that. No, I, I lie. He didn't. That. Sorry, I lie. No, I they had uh, both their goalkeepers got injured, so one of their players went in goal. And I think fans scored a free kick. <laughs> Brilliant memory, Jim. Anyway, let's. Do you know what? We're running out of time. We don't have time for any other more questions. So sorry, guys. This has really become a proper transfer special. But I'm very much enjoying this dip into nostalgia. So we end it in typical Palace form with our least favourite transfers. Oh, just to bring the, oh, just oh, to bring oh, the mood down. There. I mean, there is a few. There's Where loads. do I start? Uh, uh, who started, James? <laughs> oh, can you get somebody else first while I rack go to the animals? <laughs> I, I just went with the one, because there are so many, I just went with the one that just popped into my head immediately, Wayne Andrews. Oh, Wayne, Wayne Andrews. Andrews. I don't know why we signed him, because I think we signed him in... <laughs> January of 0405 when we're in the Prem from Colchester. Why did we oh, think they hit? No, why did we think they uh, <laughs> Ian had a bit of a thing for Wayne Andrews at the time. They, they, I think they'd had him, him and Bob in their non, Bob maybe in non-league football. And they had a sort of bit of a feeling that there was something there, and they no, might, their feeling was wrong. Sort of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on certain very, days, very it could be a bit of a handful, but it wasn't always the end well, product. But, but he, was like, I remember distinctly watching him. 
coming towards me down the right wing where I was sat. And I think he he ran so far, but he forgot that he'd left the ball <laughs> some way behind him. But he was, do, he was doing great if he'd had the ball at his feet. <laughs> Um, I, I thought you were going to tell me the bloke in the uh, homestay was shutting the old hot dog stand down every time he bore down on goal. <laughs> 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 I, I think probably, well, if you're of a certain age like me, uh, some of the stuff in the 80s, the mid-80s, which was a pretty terrible period for following Crystal Palace, and we did uh, we did one summer under Alan Mullery, have a, I think we played the first game of the season against Man City and the front page of the programme was all our top signings. And we signed this left-back called Les Strong from Fulham, who was absolutely... <laughs> and John Lacey from Tottenham, a centre-half. and they'd be, they, they, Lacey and Strong, they, it's they, like a detective they, show from yeah, the 70s. Well, they, they didn't catch any, def- any strikers, that was for sure. And to be fair, they were probably they'd probably make it into my worst 11, the two of them. So that was Andy McCulloch came as a striker as well. My brother played in non-league football with him. Andy McCulloch. Uh, I think, East Molesley. I think he got <laughs> he injured. He was a manager of East Molesley. I think he got injured. God, well, where is this pod off gone? A, this is continuing I think he levels, got injured stepping off a ladder at home while he was painting his house or something ridiculous like that. So, And then for money, I would say... Chef Kikuchi and oh. uh, Adi Akinbai would probably take some oh. doing the other way. Adebayo. Adebayo. Adebayo, man. Forgotten about Adebayo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's that in that? He did score a goal, didn't he? Yeah, so what? <laughs> didn't like him. We did also... Coochie, I, I, I didn't like Coochie. He had no, a bad attitude. The bad first, attitude. The first million-pound goalkeeper, Joseph. We also had the first million-pound teenager, Bruce Dyer. Bruce Dyer. Yeah. Bruce was, was all right. Bruce good. Who was, yeah. who was, like Bruce Dyer. Yeah, his best position was offside, of course, which he <laughs> He, uh, he, he, he quickly he quickly got christened in football parlance as whoops. So I said to him, why do you call it whoops? He goes, whoops, there goes a million. <laughs> was, well, do you know what? You know, Akin was going to be mine as well because right, that was okay, a lot of money. Yeah, that was our yeah. record, oh record deal at the time, I think. Yeah, but awful. you know what? Going back through these bad transfers, doesn't it make you realise that we've come a long way, haven't we? And actually, the transfer dealings we've done recently have been quite decent. We're a million miles away from Les Strong and John Lacey. So, I mean, and the fans, were, they don't realise how lucky they've actually got it. You know, people of a certain age. I think this is. I just thought Patrick Bamford. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> no. Hopeless. Hopeless. Rubbish. Bamford. Well, I mean, he's in championship quality, is he, these days? I don't yeah. know where. I think he's at Leeds. He's at Leeds. He's at Leeds, but he's yeah, not yeah. having a good time. He went from Middlesbrough to Leeds. Funny. I was on the phone to a fellow from Middlesbrough. So I was talking to him about something else at the time, a player, and uh, and he said, oh, we, you know, there's a bit of outcry here today because we got rid of Patrick Bamford. So you can imagine what my reaction was down the phone. I said, I thought you'd probably be given the freedom of Middlesbrough for that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd be driving him there with the engine running. <laughs> uh, never mind. Right, OK. Well, look, guys, that's the end of our transfer special. Thanks very much for joining us. And, and are we, how are we feeling now after going through those terrible transfers? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you just gave a lovely message of goodwill to uh, close <laughs> close the podcast. I feel very inspired. Thank you. Good. Very happy. Good Very stuff. positive. That's uh, what I do. And happy uh, birthday again. So hopefully Palace you. can give you a sort of decent present this yes, week. I, I, Steve Parrish very kindly uh, tweeted me last night wishing me a happy birthday, to which he got a torrent of... Why haven't we signed any players? What are you doing? Stop sending people birthday messages. Where are the new signings? You know, all that kind of stuff that goes on usually. But I'm, you know, I just hope that we do get these people over the line and they're decent and we've got a real good balance because if we have, I think we could have a very good last part of the season. But going to be an interesting few days that's for sure fingers crossed well by the next main podcast next week we will know and of course by the next post-match podcast which is after the Sheffield United game with you and Rob I think uh, we will also know so uh, that's it thank you very much for listening enjoy the rest of your week uh, what time is the deadline day on is it 11pm 11, 11 on Friday I think right yeah. enjoy your Friday night 11 everyone. on Friday that's the same time we're leaving Europe as well is it is that right yeah oh god do you think Jim White will be hosting how do we get through <laughs> a whole, whole through pod right? yeah. anyway sorry anyway let's just sign off before that gets uh, anywhere uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you again soon bye 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 My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. 
That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.